Welcome to Earth's Mightiest Weirdos. Let's get our names up there so we know who we are. Perfect. Anthony returning back for his second week in a row. How are you doing this evening, Anthony? Doing all right. How are you doing, Brian? I am doing well. Anthony's joining us to be another quote-unquote expert on the MCU. Anthony, you've seen at least every project in the MCU at least one time through. What's the thing yes. you would say you've seen more than anything else? Probably Avengers 1? Um, Probably... Yeah, Avengers 1, maybe maybe Infinity War. Okay, yeah, Infinity War is a, a good one. We'll do a little bit of a roll call in the chat here in just a minute, but the inspiration of this episode is one of the Dislife patrons, Beth Monaco down there in the corner. Beth, this is your first time ever joining the Weirdos because <laughs> you just never knew where to start with the MCU. Beth, welcome to Earth's Mightiest Weirdos, and thank you for your patronage of this Dislife. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, I uh, I haven't even watched the show because every time you guys have a topic, I'm like, I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know where to start. So <laughs> please teach me. That is what we're here to do. We hope there's more people out there just like you. And we definitely know there is because it is a daunting, daunting task. So much so that somebody that has un taken under that daunting task within the last few months or at least within the last year is Holly from the Disney Fanatics. Holly and Greg are joining us as well. Greg, fresh off of This Diz Live this evening as well. Greg and Holly, welcome to the show. Thank you for having so thank much. you. So Holly, tell me a little bit more about your experience with, with the MCU and the reason we wanted to have you on tonight because okay. you put it out there at the end of last week, said, hey, you need to get, you need to, I need to tell you about this. So you're here. So um, I'm basically a jerk. My husband has been trying to get me to watch the MCU for <laughs> what 20 years. Yeah, and I Iron watched Man. I watched all three Iron Man movies. I watched in the movie theater all the Avenger movies. And okay. I was like, yeah, I'm not uh, I don't like Captain America, I don't like Thor. I am not interested. I don't I don't care. <laughs> but then the TV shows came out this year and I loved WandaVision until the last episode. And then I was like, oh, I didn't really like that ending. And then what did we watch next? Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And I fell in love with that show. And I was like, but I don't know anything that's going on. I don't understand these characters. I don't know anything. The first episode of Loki, my daughter joined us. And we were like, we don't know what's going on. So we went back and started at the first Captain America and binged one a night all the way through till we were caught up to Loki. And you did it smart. You did it in chronological, chronological order. That's we'll talk about order viewing order uh, this evening as well. We'll even tell you what ones you can skip because if you did not turn in tune into our ranking last week, one through 32, there's a few you can probably <laughs> not have to. They're not super, super necessary. <laughs> so let's go through. The roll call, the good news is, is Holly says she fell in love with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Jalen is here. Jalen had the Falcon and the Winter Soldier in her top 10 last week. And Jalen's here, and Matt is not scared away. Matt is also still here. Justin <laughs> Grant is here. Alicia is here, fresh off of hanging out with my family this weekend. It was good to see Alicia out at the parks. Esther, Esther is here. Thank you so much. Holly is here and here. Mark is here. <laughs> Uh, it is good to see everybody. Katie is here. She's got a lot going on in her life. Sarah is here. Uh, Mark says hi to Beth. Everybody's hi, here. Dwayne's here. Ryan is here. We'll be sure to talk about Loki and the alligator form of <laughs> tonight. 
lots and lots of people here showing the love. Mark says she's not with Cap till the end of the line. He's making himself laugh. Uh, Jared said, I watched all the MCU movies from the beginning because I love Guardians. And they were Infinity War, so he had to catch up. Falcon and the Winter Soldier love. Jalen is very, very happy about that. Alicia is with me when she says WandaVision is the best. I love WandaVision. So, so Holly, you had seen... You do have the Loki ears hanging on the wall right there. I, I, did, I did notice those. Those Loki ears are gone now. If you want them, you got to go Etsy or eBay or whatever. So, But, Anthony, you've been in the MCU since 2008 when Iron Man 1 came out, correct? Correct. And you have have you missed a theatrical release in the 27 films that there have been? Uh, I missed Thor The Dark World, which I'm why. fine with. Yeah. That if, I'm gonna, if I'm going to miss one in theaters, then <laughs> I'm fine missing Thor The Dark World. So that was the only one that I did not see. That worked out okay. So, Beth, I want to ask you, you it's it's not that you are are afraid of the MCU. You think it's stupid. It you just don't know where to begin. That's the best way to put it, right? Right. And there's just been so much content to come out that I'm like, I don't I, like I did watch like the first episode of WandaVision and I was like, uh, I have no idea what's going on. I don't understand <laughs> anything. And I also watched Civil War. That's Avengers Civil War, I think. And uh, I didn't understand why they were fighting with each other. And I'm like, what? what is going on? Why are you fighting with each other? You guys are all supposed to be superheroes on the same team. What is going on? So I've just, those, uh, besides Iron Man, I've also seen I, at least Iron Man 1 and 2. And I think I saw Iron Man 3 too, um, back when they first came out. Um, but everything else since then, it's just been so much, so many movies. How do you keep up with what's going on? And I'm like, I heard Black Widow had to come out when it did, because otherwise there was other storylines that would have been messed up. And I'm like, but I don't even know what the other storylines are. So I don't even know how to like, where do I go? All right. All right. Well, did somebody mention Iron Man 3? Well, I panicked, but then I handled it. (laughs) Trevor Slattery. I love, love that man. Uh, We've got a lot happening in the comments. John says he's here. First time here saying hi to Greg and Holly. Um, Alicia snagged the ears for Mark. There's plenty. Uh, so welcome to the show, John. Um, so Beth, let's stick with you. you. It's so daunting, yet there's things like us. There's an interest that you have in getting into the MCU. Do you? Mm-hmm. Can you put into words why? Is it just wanting to be a part of the cool kids group or the not so cool yeah, kids yeah. group, depending <laughs> on who we're talking about? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I'm a huge Disney fan, and obviously I've I follow the Dis Life uh, podcast very closely. Um, and I, even when sometimes when Mark mentions things about MCU or Marvel, I'm like, I don't, I, what do you just say? <laughs> it, it is very cursory comments. Like it's not even real depth in them. Um, so it, it's, yeah, like I want to know because I, I want to bring in all Disney into my life. I, I just love it. So it'll be, to, it'll be that's nice the next step, I guess. It'll be nice when you get out to Disneyland. And uh, and get to go to Avengers Campus yes. and you at yep. least have yep. a general idea of what's going on. One of the attractions out at Disneyland is the Spider-Man uh, Web Slingers attraction. My wife made me a shirt today oh, nice. that has nice. three Spider-Man logos. I don't know why we would need three Spider-Man logos in one, but regardless, <laughs> there are so three weird. Spider-Man logos. I just it's a it's a coincidence if it's if so nothing weird. else. Okay, um, no, I have not seen the new Spider-Man movie. Oh, March 12th on digital. We are like we two will weeks watch away. 
I'm not a fan of the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, so I have held back watching this one. I, I don't but know. I, it'll, it'll, so I, don't know I, it I have the exact opposite thing of Beth. So I've seen every every single Marvel thing that you could put out since Howard the Duck. Uh, <laughs> so I am out of it now. Like I kind of thought it was so much that came out and they put so many things out that I kind of went, it's too much. You, yeah. you're, you're just, you're pushing too much on me. I need to back out of it. So I haven't seen, what was the last Marvel? Um, Eternals. I didn't watch uh, Hawkeye. And I did see Eternals, which I loved. Um, I just thought it was massive. Um, but yeah, by the time Hawkeye came out, I was done with it. <laughs> like, and so now I, I get to do the wonderful thing of hearing why I want to watch it again. All right. You did just watch it again with us. <laughs> well, that that uh, that I was gonna I'm gonna talk about Marvel fatigue later tonight because that's something that I do want to address. It sounds like Greg has has been uh, a victim of of that. Um, I will say, like, if you're if you're constantly getting projects like Fantastic Four, The Rise of the Silver Surfer, I can understand Marvel fatigue. It has not set in in my life. And like I said, Earth's Mightiest Weirdos, I talk about it literally every week, and I love it. Mark says he was at the airport. Guy tried to bully him, calling him Superman while he was wearing a Captain America mask. Apparently, you should not correct someone when they are trying to bully you. <laughs> uh, I like that one. Stepping out of the MCU, is anybody going to go see the Batman this weekend? Holly has no interest in Batman. Anthony, I, I know you're going to Batman. Anti DC. She's not a DC okay. fan. Yep. Tomorrow, right. tomorrow night at seven o'clock. I got. The, I am. Pretty, I am uh, anti Zack Snyder. I'm not necessarily mm -hmm. anti DC. Uh, Beth, just so you know, Batman has nothing to do with the. <laughs> I do know that. I know that. Does he sparkle? <laughs> not that far out. <laughs> Does he sparkle? No, Does I don't. He sparkle. If he sparkles, I'm all in. Especially yeah. in this one, I'm pretty sure he is yeah, not going to sparkle dark. whatsoever. Jared says, dude, Soups is the man not to go Marvel versus DC. But mm -hmm. I struggle with the Superman complex. And we may talk about that when we get to Captain Marvel, because that's honestly my biggest challenge with, with that character. But Beth, question number one, what do you have? Do you have questions written down? Uh, no, I didn't write anything down. Okay. But um, I would say I've heard both. You could watch the movies chronologically. Or like, you know, it's almost like Star Wars. Like, do you watch four, five, six first? Or do you watch one, two, three first? Um, I always thought for Star Wars that it made sense to watch four, five, six first because that's how they released in theaters. That's how they purpose. But Marvel, I've heard it's better to watch chronological. But I think that means like uh, it's Captain America is the first one, right? Yep, it takes place in World War II. So yeah, but it's that's not the before. first one that came out, right? Correct. Mm -hmm. Correct. So, so I guess my question is how 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 do I start? So I I have my own personal opinion on this, but I'd love to go to Anthony first. Anthony, what is your preferred viewing order? Um, now that I've seen all of it and I know how everything goes down, I would like to watch it in chronological order. Uh, you know, beforehand I had only watched it in you know release order. Um. But now that Black Widow takes place, you know, closer to Civil War, I think it would be it would be fun to watch that back to back instead of, you know, where it takes place now. So I think, you know, if I were to do a full rewatch, which hopefully when my son is a little bit older and he's actually interested and will sit down for longer than 20 minutes and watch a movie, um, I think I would really like to watch it in chronological order. It 
dude, it changes your life when your kid can actually like sit down and watch a full like two hour <laughs> movie. I love it. Speaking of the kid watching the movie, no world according to Jack's tonight. He is unavailable. Uh, so we will get back to the world according to Jack's later on. Mark says his computer is officially crashed. So now he is just Mark. I don't know why we're talking about Twilight in the comments, but Sarah went to college with Stephanie Meyer. Uh, Justin wants to know who your favorite MCU <laughs> character is. He goes a Batman. And goes back sparkling. to sparkly Batman. So, um, Holly, you did say you didn't like Captain America to begin with. Now you're wearing a Captain America oh my, I love your shirt. So, <laughs> Holly, who is your Captain America? Then we'll get Hold back on, before to Before she answers that, I'm going to go back to what Anthony just said. Watching it with your kids changes how you watch this. Uh, we literally, Holly and our youngest daughter, who is 14 at the time, she's, she's now 15. 15, just rewatched everything together. And watching with your kids is a life changer. Yeah, we took her to see Infinity War and Endgame in the theater, and she had no clue who anybody was. She walked out of there going, I really like Tom Holland. Yeah. <laughs> and that was it. I like that. So when Loki came out, she's like, well, I liked him in the movie. I'll sit and watch this. We watched the first episode and went, mm, we don't know what's going on. So we went and we did it chronological and... I do have to say my Captain America, though, is Sam. Okay. I love right. Sam. So so speaking of that chronological viewing order, going back to best question, what did you – because I am I actually prefer release order because, Beth, I'm sure you do know this, that, that post-credit scenes are a massive thing within mm -hmm. the MCU. Mm -hmm. yeah. So the way that the post-credit scenes fit in, they don't fit in super well when you're doing a chronological viewing order that way because you end up – seeing stuff later and that you shouldn't but anyway um holly what did you find beneficial of that chronological viewing order how did it keep you whereas release order maybe not so much i don't know um it, it just kept me interested in what came next what okay. was the next point in the story because i had had all the avengers i had had the iron man and i didn't know where Everybody came into it, where they all intersected. So it made sense for me to watch it chronologically. It didn't bug you that Carol Danvers was around in 1993 and then we didn't see her again until 2023 in Avengers no. Endgame? She is, she's God. I love her. <laughs> so you would have liked to have seen her over those, thir those yes. 30 years. So Absolutely. It, I I love, and Disney Plus puts them in release order and they do put them in mm -hmm. chronological order if you wanted to watch either one of them um let me say this so we don't forget to say it again there is four mcu films that are not on disney plus the first mm -hmm. one is the incredible hulk nobody needs to play a violin or cry that that movie is not on disney plus <laughs> you're not missing anything go ahead Greg. i've seen that one actually so okay. I, I do remember that yeah i'm, I'm a hulk fan <laughs> the movie or just the character both okay mm. <laughs> the, there's that so, groan i love that it's happened so many times i'm like i love I, the whole people are like really i thought you were okay when you said you liked eternals like, all right this guy's okay and then you just killed it with, with hulk all right so the incredible hulk um it starred edward norton it was distributed by universal pictures this was in 2008 disney bought um marvel in 2009 uh and the films, the first Disney distributed film was the Avengers. Um, everything else was by Paramount. The Iron Man films were by Paramount. 
lot, yada, yada, yada. Long story short, Disney does not own the distribution rights for the Incredible Hulk. That is why it is not on Disney Plus. And again, we're not missing a ton. They even recast the role of the Incredible Hulk to Mark Ruffalo from Edward Norton. The other three films that are not on Disney Plus that I really, really want to get to Disney Plus are the three Spider-Man films. Sony, back in the times in the early 90s where Marvel was almost bankrupt, Sony bought the viewing, or excuse me, the movie rights for the character of Spider-Man. So that's why you have the Spider-Man films, the Toby, the three Tobey Maguire films, the two Andrew Garfield ones. And then in 2016, Marvel basically said, hey, let us make this film. Let us use your character and we will produce these movies for you. But Sony owns the distribution rights. I think they own 90% for Spider-Man Homecoming. And then Far From Home, it was like 75%. And long story short, Sony is the ones that owns the distribution rights. And Marvel Studios produced the films to be able to put him within their films the other movies then they could use him in their films so long story short that is why spider-man has some all these weird things going on so those are the four films that are not on disney plus the three three spider-man films plus the incredible hulk so i prefer watching in release order just because that's how i viewed them that's how you get the full story now that i know what happens to anthony's point going back through and watching chronologically, but a first time viewer, when it comes to the post credit scene, my biggest recommendation would be to do it in release order because starting with Iron Man one, that's where you lay the groundwork for the MCU. And then you build up one, one after another. So in a roundabout way, I answered about five different things within that, <laughs> but I would say for a first time viewer and Anthony, tell me if you disagree uh, would be to do it in release order. No, if first time viewing, I would say release order. Yeah. Okay. That's so start with Iron Man one and that movie is great. I, I, yeah, I it's a great what's, movie. what's great about the MCU too, is the fact that it is split up into phases. So, I mean, if, you know, I know, you know, what are we up to? 27 projects, 27, 27 movies and five and five. Shows. So, I mean, 27 movies. Yeah. That seems like a lot. Even if you did one a day, like that's, I mean, crazy. You're looking at almost a month. But if you just break it up to, okay, you know, over the next two, three weeks, I'm going to watch phase one. I mean, you're only looking at six movies at that point. And then, you know, Marvel does a good job of, of containing the storyline. Yes, over these 27 films, there is an overarching story, I guess really 23. But in, in phase one, you know, it's just, hey, here's these characters. This is how they team up. This is the bad guy. And then it just builds even on more so from there. So, you know, if you take it one phase at a time, it isn't terrible but that's also coming from somebody who's been watching it since 2008 there's every film has a redeeming quality in my opinion um but if especially starting through phase one like thor one anthony absolutely loves thor one i'm not (laughs) bashing thor one but thor one not near as good in my opinion as thor three so of course part of it is 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 building building Mm -hmm. up on that so if even if you don't love a phase one film stick with it i promise there's there's gold at the end of the rainbow okay okay so what are the different Next. phases go ahead anthony um so basically just phase one two three and four um phase one is iron man incredible hulk iron man two thor captain america the first avenger and then the avengers it's basically phase like broken up into acts kind of how they how they relate to each other the phase one being the introduction of okay. these characters and the team of the Avengers. Sorry, I interrupted you, Anthony. 
Yeah, no, you're good. Um, and then phase two being Iron Man three, uh, Thor, the dark world, uh, Captain America, the winter soldier, guardians of the galaxy one Avengers age of Ultron, and then Ant-Man phase three being civil war, Dr. Strange, guardians of the galaxy two, Spider-Man homecoming, Thor Ragnarok, black Panther, infinity war, Ant-Man and the wasp, Captain Marvel Endgame, and then Spider-Man far from home. And then four is the most recent stuff with black widow, Shang-Chi eternals, and Spider-Man No Way Home. And all and the then, Disney Plus shows. And then, yeah, the Disney Plus shows as well. Okay. So the phases the phases are broken up like acts of a play, um, mm -hmm. where the, the phase one really is just your introduction to who the Avengers are and their individual storylines of, of who they, who they mm -hmm. become. Act two is really kind of them finding each other, finding help in each other a lot more. You've got a lot more team-ups team within Iron Man or within phase two whether it comes to iron man and war machine or captain america black widow um the guardians of the galaxy kind of their introduction and then kind of bleep hits the fan when we get to avengers ultra or age of ultron because this uh -huh. is where super powered human beings that don't always see eye to eye can actually cause a lot of problems without really spoiling anything avengers 2 is basically brought upon by two of the smartest avengers in the hulk or in bruce banner and tony stark thinking that they can do something good for the entire world and it completely blows up in their face and almost mm. causes the end of the world through artificial intelligence. Um, that leads into what you said you've seen is civil war of you can't be acting without permission from a government agency or something mm. like that. And this is kind of where they, this is where they don't see eye to eye and then keep getting into it. Uh, I mean, one of them killed his mom, like all that kind of stuff. So, um, Dwayne says, do you still think release order for Black Widow as well? I, I mean, I, I do uh, release order for Black Widow because I still they still haven't given us the answer of where Natasha's family fits into the entire Infinity War and Endgame storyline. They kind of are just Natasha talks about not having a family, even though in her movie she had a family. That's the kind of stuff that I'm completely willing to overlook. But I love the character of Yelena Belova. So the less projects I have to watch without her in it, the better. That's why I would put Black Widow in into the release order as well. Alicia says Infinity War is the best. Jared loved Civil War. All the characters in one movie. Um, Jalen, who was on our ranking show last week, uh, kind of like Beth, like she she ranked it fairly low. Great movie, but she didn't like it because she didn't like them fighting each other. Just kind of didn't mm -hmm. make her feel good. So... Um, I hope this is interesting. I hope that I'm able to answer your questions here a little bit. I, I my mind's kind of all over the place, but um, Greg, where did we lose you in in all those all those different releases of, of films? Was it around that phase three and just where everything was coming so fast? No, and so okay, so I unfortunately always have the weird opinion in the room. Um, like for years, I always thought the and it wasn't until the last few movies came out that I finally changed a little bit of my mind. I always thought Captain America and Thor could have been one movie. You could have just kept split screening them and had one movie out of almost half those movies that originally came out. I didn't see the need to have original every character to have their movie until the end, uh, until Infinity War, where everything kind of came all together and you started getting all the storylines so it kind of cost me by having so many storylines and then to finally wrap them up in one movie but it was what 20 movies later 19 movies later so i i'm not one of those people who can stick around that long 
without getting some sort of good payoff. And I didn't think that there was a payoff until Infinity War. Okay. So I, I kind of started losing it around then. And to be quite honest, it was the TV shows. Uh, and it was, um, it was so much Marvel all the time. Like, look, I wanted Star Wars. I was not getting Star Wars. So I was starting to get a little bitter that I, it was Marvel, 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 Marvel. Here's a bit of Star Wars. Marvel, Marvel, Marvel. Here's, <laughs> here's some breadcrumbs. You know, it's like, so that's a weird opinion on that. It doesn't take away from what Marvel is. I read all the comic books as a kid. I love some of these characters. I love some of the offshoot characters, but it was just so many projects. And then now you're looking at like eight more movies are coming. And then another, everybody's getting re more TV shows. It just is like, at some point you have to stop the story and give us all a conclusion. You just can't keep holding us on to the next thing. Yes, like, you can. Well, but that, so that's, 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 that's why where I lost it. That's why Endgame was was so special. Is it, it really was a conclusion and still a continuation of, of everything going on. But right. Endgame was its own special thing because it was a first of its kind where it was actually concluding what we call the Infinity Saga. And then we've kind of got the epilogue in Spider-Man. Far from now, home. But even a hotter take on this, I hate Spider-Man. Yeah, you do. hate Spider-Man <laughs> like <laughs> to my core and it goes back to growing up with some of the worst Spider-Man TV shows I being am on uh, the Great Coaster <laughs> or whatever it was um like I am an, I don't like Spider-Man I didn't like the 2002 movie uh, the re when that came out like I just I, there was so much going on in life that I stopped paying attention to and I had such bitter memories of childhood Spider-Man and how horrible it was that I was like, ah, I don't you know, I, I'm good. I was good. with them. I grew up with like Uber Marvel fans. And my one brother obsessively crammed Spider Man down my throat as a child. Good for I him. did not want <laughs> any part of Spider Man. So the Toby Maguire stuff, oh I didn't like it. I didn't even bother with Andrew Garfield. <sighs> but Tom Holland sold me. Like I liked that kid. I liked Tom Holland a lot. I, I grew up an X-Men fan. So the X-Men movies, we were like, we were there. I would love to see the X-Men in the MCU now. But okay. Spider-Man, I, I like Tom Holland a lot. I don't want the other ones. Brian, I is this something worse than last week? Oh my I'm God. crying. <laughs> I'm, I'm... Now, don't get me wrong. Like, There's certain things that Marvel does that I truly love. I am a, a I am a huge Howard the Duck fan. I I have comics. I have all this other stuff. So seeing like a little cameo of Howard the Duck, I was like, oh genius! Somebody knows what they're doing here. And it was James Gunn of all people, right? Uh, so I, and like I love Guardians. I loved the Guardians movies. I thought both of those two were fun. At least um, we've got somebody here to help. I was I, enjoyed, I came around to them. Yeah, you came around to them. I enjoyed. Look, I loved going. What was cool was they always came out at a certain holiday or something. So I always got to go with my brother-in-laws and my kids to the movie theater. And we saw every single movie in the theater. So I'm a fan. I'm just, I've lost a little interest because of, I, again, I felt like it was just too much going on. Like, let something breathe. Okay, that's fair. And now, and now our daughter is obsessed. Seth. Like her room is covered in Wanda, um, Bucky, Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Yep. She's yeah. Yeah, it's I. Uh, 
I've got a daughter named after Peter Parker. So what you just told me <laughs> that, that you you don't like that character really really bugged me. Uh, but so, I did like into the uni- into the uh, Spider Verse into the, Sp- the Spider Verse oh. movie. Ah, oh, loved it, man. Give me more Milo. Miles. Miles. Milo. Don't even know. You're poking the bear on purpose. I feel <laughs> Give like. Give me Gwen. Give me more Gwen. <laughs> yes, Gwen. <laughs> What's uh, her name? Give so, me more guy. Guy who does things. No, I'm kidding. I'm I'm true. We. I, I really am a fan. And to get back to what your question was, I really am a fan. I'm just, it was it's so much. And it was it's just, a lot. I couldn't sit there. And unfortunately with my time and running out to the parks every day and trying to do all this stuff or being connected with media a little bit, it's, you just, it's names after names and trying to write an article anymore about one, one project becomes, I have to write 50 names from 50 different projects and try and remember them all. And I'm, I couldn't do it. Ryan Bicknell is here. Hello, Ryan. Thank you for coming. Ryan is my man on the inside of the Galactic Star Cruiser. He has done a full stay, and I can't wait to get him on the phone. Jared says, Greg, aside from the Spidey thing, you and me are right there. Um, so let's let's back up just a little bit. Beth, you didn't ask this question, but I feel like as part of MCU 101, this should have been where we let off. What makes an MCU film? A Marvel uh, a Marvel affiliation does not make an MCU film. Oh, I didn't know that. I because, thought all Marvel movies were MCU. Okay. Yeah, so so that's that's something I wanted to address and I meant to first thing. So when it comes to for example, we got a trailer today for Morbius, Venom, all those are Marvel properties, but like I was talking about earlier with Spider-Man, Sony bought those rights back when Marvel was going through a lot of problems in the 90s. So anything MCU, when you look at the logo, it will say Marvel Studios. It will not just say in association with Marvel or something Mm. like that. If it says Marvel Studios, then it is going to be included in the MCU because that is what is Disney owned and operated and is part of uh, Marvel Studios, which is headed by a man named Kevin Feige, who is... If you're familiar with Star Star Wars, George Lucas is the best way to put it. So when we're talking MCU, they are working 10 years into the future. They know where these stories are going. For example, in Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame, the main, the main villain who's at the center of our poster that we had tonight is Grimace, uh, <laughs> a.k.a. Thanos. Thanos was teased at the end of Avengers 1. That was in 2012. We didn't get a culmination of Thanos' story until 2019. So Marvel is looking far, far ahead into the future. To Greg's point, we spent a lot of time within Phase 1 of giving origin films and introducing us to who these characters are. Now, Captain America Civil War introduced us to the character of Spider-Man. We never had to watch Spider-Man go through the death of Ben Parker or... No spoilers from No Way Home, but did he even have to go through a death of Ben Parker? We don't we don't know. We didn't have to be introduced to the character of Black Panther the same way. He simply showed up in the movie. He already was the Black Panther. He was T'Challa. After that, we got his movie where we get a little bit more, but it's still not really an origin. It is, but it isn't because when you see it, you'll you'll kind of know what I'm what I'm talking about there. But now they have the luxury of being able to pull these people into these films. For example, Holly's favorite Captain America is Sam Wilson. He was the main character in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. He was introduced in Captain America 2, and he was a sidekick 
That I mean, that's that's who he mm. was. And the now the MCU has been going on so long that he's literally now Captain America because Captain America is retired, for lack of a better term. Um, mm. The character of Hawkeye is being passed down to a whole new character where they don't have to reboot the franchise. They can just give the franchise to another person. So Captain America 4 probably isn't going to have Chris Evans in it at all. It's going to be based around the character of Captain America, but it's a completely different person. Um, so when we're talking producer-led things, it's all one big story. Kevin Feige says, this is point A. Your film needs to end at point B. What you do in the middle is, is up to you. That's how we get things like Taika Waititi's film of Thor Ragnarok, which just feels so different than anything else within the MCU. But simple fact of the matter is it begins at point A, and it ends right before the beginning of Avengers Infinity War. And whatever they fill in from there is kind of up to them. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So she we'll looks even it. more lost. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, great. Okay. All right. I'm not doing a, a very good job. But, no, I, uh, I'm following. But I, I had no idea that MCO was different than all Marvel. I thought everything fell into it. But that so, makes a lot yeah, of sense so the, now. The the Toby Maguire but the Spider MCU is the the what you need to watch in order. Like the other movies are just kind of add-ons. Yeah, you don't need to watch X Men. Okay. You don't need to watch the Fantastic Four one or two. You don't need to watch any of the Spider Man movies before. It would help. So I even think. yeah, so even like Spider Man No Way Home, if you simply know, hey, these two dudes were Spider Man one time, it's going to give you enough. It you don't need to know everything. Maybe okay. That Maybe. being said, like the way Anthony and I experienced Spider-Man No Way Home would be very different because we did four hours of podcasting across Earth's Mightiest Weirdos, comics and cinema, and just other places where we were like anticipating the release of Spider-Man No Way Home and what could potentially happen with all these villains and stuff like that. But for the most part, it still does a good job. So uh, that leads me into Holly. You said you saw all four Avengers films in the movie theater. Mm-hmm. Avengers Infinity War does actually give a fairly good three-minute recap of what the Infinity Stones are that you didn't feel completely lost other than not knowing who all the characters are, which is kind of a big deal. But you at least understood what the Infinity Stones were, even though you hadn't seen any of the previous films, correct? Right. I loved it. I love Infinity War is my favorite MCU movie. And it was Ryan's ninth favorite MCU movie. Um, I <laughs> stab him, will you? <laughs> I thing... will say that my biggest regret is not having watched Civil War because that is that's an amazing movie. Civil War, it is yeah. an amazing movie. Jared says Venom could be coming into the MCU credit scene. That's where things can really get into the weeds. <laughs> but if you see the post-credit scene for Spider-Man: No Way Home, then the post-credit scene for venom didn't really matter like i i it gets really really into the weeds so if you stick with anything that on the logo of the poster says marvel studios then you're good so here, let me throw a question back to anthony and to uh brian here yeah. um do you find that those end credit scenes are still worthwhile even knowing uh, the last movies that came out so do those matter anymore in a uh in a post um uh infinity war and a post what was the last endgame Endgame. like do they matter as much now as they did when they first came out you think i have an opinion on that i'd love to hear anthony's answer first 
Yeah, I mean, I'd say so. You know, the the first end credit scene of Shang-Chi just opens up a whole new world of, of what could happen when it brings in, uh, you know, Captain Marvel brings in Hulk and Wong, and you see how Shang-Chi and Katie are now going to be in this for the long haul. You know, how? We don't know, but there's something to look forward to. You know, the, the very end when you see um, Jai Ling take over, you know, what is that going to end up becoming? So, yeah, I mean, it definitely sets up more anticipation. Uh, maybe not what you're looking for, Greg, which is more content and more shows. Did you see the end of Shang-Chi? I don't think he did. That look Spoiler, in his face right? so, yeah. so, you he know, out of that one. and even, you know, a character like, you know, Zhai Ling in Shang-Chi doesn't seem that big, but then you end it the way you end it and you can make a show out of her character, which, you know, 10 years ago, you might not have been able to just with Disney plus and the ability that they have now to just make whatever they want. Like, yes, it can be just content overload, but there's people out there that absolutely love Shang-Chi and want to see more of that. And the representation in those types of movies that you can continue to make content. And so, yeah, I mean, I think the, the post-credit scenes are still either they're fun or they are, you know, tying up some loose ends, like in Spider-Man No Way Home, or they're setting up future things. So, I mean, I'm still excited. I, they're not as, to me, they're not as exciting as they were in Iron Man when you see Nick Fury show up. Right. And then you're like, oh, my God. And then, you know, you see, um, is it the end of Hulk when Tony Stark shows up to then recruit the Hulk into this, you know, bigger thing? So I think they're not as exciting as they were but i still think they're they're pretty exciting no but that's a great answer like that 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 that's what would keep me around to watch them so thank you Mm -hmm. sometimes they they know what they're doing now with the with the post-credit scene like they like literally spider-man homecoming the final post-credit scene is captain america pulling up a chair (laughs) doing a psa video going so you got disappointed because you thought you were going to stick around and sometimes it means a lot and sometimes it means absolutely nothing at all. And that's it. That's the entire post credit scene. Uh, so there's sometimes where they, they've definitely outthought themselves, but then to Anthony's point, like the, the tease of Captain Marvel and Bruce Banner and Wong and Shang-Chi all being in the same room. What could this possibly mean? We've got the introduction in Eternals. The first one introduces us to Harry Styles character. He showed up on my screen. I had no idea who the guy was, but I knew he was Star Fox. I knew he was Eros. So what's going to happen there? But in in Eternals, the other one is you have the character of of Kit Harrington's Dane Whitman, and he's about to pick up the ebony blade. And then from off screen, you hear a guy say, are you sure you want to do that, Mr. Whitman? And that voice is Blade. And we haven't even met Blade in the MCU yet. All we knew that he was coming and that he was being portrayed by Mahershala Ali. And that leads us into something outside the Eternals universe that they can build off of in anything within the MCU that they that they want to. So for me, um, the post-credit scenes now are just as essential viewing as they were all the way back to Iron Man 1 when I would say 8% of the audience probably even saw it. Right, right. That's 8%, that seems high. That's, it yeah, might it does. <laughs> I, I, I was lucky at that when we started, again, my brother-in-law's, um, are both in their 50s and they uber 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 <laughs> fan and they knew beforehand they were like we're sitting here through the credits i was like why would we sit through the cre-? okay we're sitting through the credits 
and then it happens and then you know from that first one on you're like i am at i'm sitting through the credits of every marvel movie from here to eternity and back to what we were talking about earlier where endgame felt different is because it was it literally didn't even have a tease to the future the only post-credit anything we got we got a cool original six avengers signature everything and then we got the hammer of Tony in the cave from Iron Man one, just the sound of it. We got no teases to the future whatsoever, which really made Endgame feel like it was a culmination of something big. And it was, it's the biggest movie of all time. Fight me avatar. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, let's get back on track. Beth, do you have another question? Um, I guess I don't know. I don't understand how the characters interact with each other and how all the different uh, each per each of them come together. I guess that will come though once I start watching, um, understanding where they all come in. I know there's a lot of movies where they cross over, and like you're saying at the the final scenes there too, that tease for the next movie. Yeah. So so let's let's take some of the the hardest ones to connect the dots on. Um, Captain America, he he gets frozen on ice, basically. So he gets kind of frozen in time, um, a la Austin Powers, for lack of a better mm -hmm. comparison. Um, so he he literally crashes into uh, ice. He gets frozen forever. So suspend disbelief a little bit. His entire body is just put on ice, and he's woken up in 2011. And he now he's a man from 1945 that now lives in today's world. So then, I mean... As, as is normal in Hollywood and everything else, everything kind of takes place in New York City. Everybody mm -hmm. in the same city just kind of bumps into each other. Then we have the Guardians who are going around space. They have a member of their team who is basically Thanos's adopted daughter. So that's how she gets involved with Thanos. That's how they get involved with Thanos. And then because there's six different Infinity Stones and where they are around the galaxy... That's how, and Thanos needs those. That's kind of how they all bump into each other. Thor's floating through space because his ship exploded and the Guardians were there to save them or bribe them or whatever they were going to do. And then they find the lovely pirate angel floating in space. And, <laughs> and he knows the rest of the Avengers. So then that's how the Guardians meet the rest of the Avengers kind of stuff. So it actually really isn't, like once you see, and this is the amazing thing about, the story, the story of the MCU overall for me is how they avoid each other just as much mm. as it is at how they how they bump into each other. Mm. Because especially in fighter in Spider-Man Far From Home, like Peter even says, he's like, Well, where's Captain Marvel? Like, where's Nick Fury? Like, where is everybody? Why, why does it have to be me? I'm a kid. Like, they're like, Oh, they're unavailable, they're this, they're that. They they hit they at least think through why aren't they helping each other? Mm. Um, and you just at times you just simply have to dis suspend disbelief and just, it is what it is because it needs to be, it needs to be a film. Like mm. if somebody is actually invading all of New York city, chances are somebody's going to show up and not just Spider-Man himself. And, but it, it, they, they actually address that. What's most interesting to me now at this point is because they all know each other so well is how they don't show up in each other's projects. Mm. That. And so then you've got, on the other aspect of it too, you've got Thor who basically has this giant contraption that is called the Bifrost and the, the guy with the sword who controls it can just shoot Thor wherever he wants him to go. So he's up in Asgard 
in a different world. And then if he's like, oh, I'm going to go to Earth. And then basically he's summons the Bifrost and then he's just sent straight to Earth. Uh, talking about the Guardians, you know, Peter Quill is the human of the bunch. He's from St. Louis, Missouri. So he has ties to Earth, uh, represents St. Louis. Um, You're from Earth. Because- no, I'm from Missouri. That's <laughs> <laughs> on Earth, idiot. Um, just because James Gunn is also from St. Louis, which is why. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, I mean, you've got Doctor Strange, who has what's called the Sling Ring, and then he can basically just create magic, which opens a portal, and then he can walk into wherever he wants to. And so not only him, he can do it to anybody else that he wants to, which comes into a part in, in uh, Endgame. But, yeah, like Brian was saying, it's amazing how much they bump into each other, and it's amazing how they also don't bump into each other. Uh-huh. Like Doctor Strange has a building that – Sanctum Sanctorum in New York City. You know, every, Avengers Tower is in New York City. So they're yeah. all pretty close. And, you know, but at the same time, then you've got Ant-Man who's over in San Francisco. So. But it's kind of funny because, like, in Thor 3, for example, they're looking for Thor's dad. They have no idea where he is. Mm-hmm. What does he do? He goes and finds Doctor Strange. Like in the way the MCU has gotten now is somebody as big of an actor as Benedict Cumberbatch is on the film for two minutes in this film and then he's done. That's all. That's the only role he has to play is he pulls out mm-hmm. Thor's hair to track his DNA to find out where his dad is hiding in the universe, and that's it. You get somebody like Benedict Cumberbatch to put to play a two minute cameo, and it it makes sense because of the the world that they live in. Okay. I mean, Beth, do you have, I mean, so you're a Star Wars fan. Yeah. Okay. Are there other franchises that you're a big fan of, whether it be Indiana Jones or Harry Potter, Harry Potter? Hey. Yep. Yeah. I've, uh, Indiana Jones, I saw when I was a kid. Um, but Harry Potter, I've read all the books, I've seen all the movies. So, I mean, something, something like Harry Potter, which is nine movies, eight plus eight, two, eight. almost three Fantastic Beast films by the end of April. I don't want to count those. But, okay. <laughs> um, so, I mean, something like that could be daunting to somebody who's like, man, there's eight movies. Like somebody that isn't in the MCU, isn't into Doctor yeah. Who, which don't even get me started on that, into Star Trek. Somebody could see, oh, my God, there's eight movies. And then I think something that you probably appreciate the continuity of something like Harry Potter. All the yeah. characters are the same. You can have somebody introduced in, you know, you know, or the Phoenix that then shows up in, you know, Goblet of Fire, whatever it may be. So something like that, I think Marvel Studios does just such a good job of. And like Brian was talking about, you know, Doctor Strange just showing up for two minutes in Thor, which if you didn't know it, you'd be like, oh, that's cool. You wouldn't necessarily have to know who he was, but Mm -hmm. when you see him, you have more of an appreciation. Mm -hmm. And same thing with Holly hadn't seen everything, but had seen all the Avengers movies. So then when Infinity War ends, yeah, you could get some of the, you know, emotional attachments to some of the characters throughout the movie. But some of these guys that we've seen for so long and then to see what happens, you're like, you're just gutted. So, I mean, Marvel Studios and continuity just go hand in hand and what they've been able to do over the span of, you know, 27 movies, four TV shows and just going on and on is never in my mind going to be replicated ever again. Yeah. And that's I mean, we will not dive into what's happening now when it comes to multiverses and stuff like that, because. We need to get you into one universe before we get you. Yeah. <laughs> see, our daughter does want us to rewatch the entire MCU in preparation for Doctor Strange. 
because she is a huge Doctor Strange fan. Like, yeah, she has her own sling ring. She has the necklace. The Eye of Agamotto. Yeah, good job, Holly. Yeah. Nice work. Well, I just bought it off Amazon. I don't know there what it's go. called. There you go. Awesome. Anything else that you're wondering, Beth? I mean, I, I hope we've at least been kind of helpful. I feel like we maybe not have been. but Yeah, no, maybe I uh, go and uh, spend some time consuming the content and then I'll bring all my questions back. So, Brian, <laughs> so here, here's my, my from being a host, here's, here's the next thing I would say. And uh, I don't want to step on your toes because this is your show. But, Beth, what you should be asking is, how do I win an argument when somebody starts talking about MCU versus Star Wars? Or <laughs> what is the strongest Marvel character? Like, those are questions you need to know when you're in a room full of a bunch of geeks and we're about to start talking Marvel. Great. <laughs> who, is, who is the strongest Avenger and who is your favorite? Who, me? Yeah, you. Oh. Good luck. Oh. See? That's why I didn't ask it. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard. So, I, I look... It's hard, but those are like, <laughs> if you thought about it for a second, I, I could probably come up with an answer. Like, look, Thanos, when he has all six stones, he's the most powerful out there. And, the, but he's still able to be beat by Thor and, uh, and, and Iron Man. Like, so Hulk can carry his own, but then you bring in other characters, he loses. So, I mean, it, it's just one of those, what are the biggest debates that happen in Marvel? Who's the strongest stuff like that? Mm -hmm. And how do you get, those into other people's heads so that they are going to enjoy watching Marvel. And well, that's one of those things that I always enjoyed doing was the, you like the bad guys. I'm like, yeah, I love the bad guys. I love the bad but guys. It even becomes a joke within the film itself where Thor, like yeah. he's trying yeah. to access the ship and he goes strongest Avenger. And then like, he calls him point break. Like <laughs> these running jokes in between, in between all the films. And it's just, it's just so like, there's a name drop of Stephen Strange within Captain America 2, which is two years before Doctor Strange ever even comes out. So it's that kind of stuff that, that really pays off for diehard fans like Anthony and myself and Greg, where you're like, he just said Doctor Strange. Like, all he has to do is say a name, and it brings a smile to your face. And then the character shows up two and a half years later, where now if you mm -hmm. rewatch the MCU, you're like, holy cow, they, they dropped that in, and they didn't, even, they didn't even tell us. Like, it didn't even tell us it was coming. And that's what's so cool about them dropping out and the mcu now like diversity and inclusivity is number one on their list when it comes to all these different projects they're doing captain america is is black now um shang chi and everything that black panther had to do for that community eternals like one of the things we talked about in our eternals review is there is somebody in those 10 characters that you can identify with mm. at some at some point in your life the amount of stuff that they're that they're able to do and then the emotion that they can bring into it in Spider-Man No Way Home because if you're it, Beth you're a Star Wars fan you get the emotion that can go into a a, a long film run. Beth, let me ask you, yeah. who is your favorite Star Wars character? Ray. I love that. I've got a wrong daughter. Answer, wrong answer. <laughs> the answer is Jar Jar Binks. Oh my god. No. <laughs> Stop. So okay, so Ray Ray is perfect. You have voiced that opinion of Ray mm -hmm. To somebody and somebody has yelled at you because they use the term Mary Sue or they hate the sequels or they hate <laughs> something. Yeah, like, yeah. That's something that's been floated <laughs> your way. So how do you defend the character of Ray? Oh, I oh I don't know. Um or what makes her your I, favorite? 
I think because my she my daughter loves her too, and I think my just seeing the potential uh, of a young girl being able to hold her own uh, within Star Wars and rise to the top. Um, I guess, yeah, I never thought of this before, but <laughs> I, that's what comes a to massive, mind. A massive emotional connection, right? Yeah, yeah. Greg, Greg, you have an emotional connection to the villains. I don't want to explore that here, but. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, I, I have why do you love the villains? Look, I, I've always been, again, with what I grew up and what I consumed as a child um, and the people I hung out with, it was always the connection to, I want to see, like, everything was happy endings. Now, at that time, I was so over happy endings. I wanted to see the bad guy win sometimes, like, and that never happened. So I always wanted to find out that connection of what happens if the bad guy wins. I think that's why I loved watching Thanos at the end of Infinity War when he won. And I was like, oh, I, I just got the ending I've always wanted as, as a child. I've wanted the bad guy to win. Thanos just won. I have Infinity War. Life is great. But now as a, a father and somebody who's older and with watching my daughters go through it, look, I have the same connection to to watching Captain Marvel on screen and watching her character and watching my daughter emulate that and look up to those those ideals of what she brings changed my mind. Mm-hmm. Holly, you said yeah. that Sam Wilson is your guy. What makes yeah. him your guy? I don't I love the the challenges that he went through in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. He wanted to do what was right. And that I mean that spoke to me big time. He didn't want to just pick up the shield. He wanted to be worthy of it. Who is your favorite <laughs> character and why? Who is my favorite character? Um, I just, I love Thor. I mean, the, the dude's a monster. Um, you know, to, you know, the, the struggles and the battle that he goes with in the first Thor. And then, God, I hate the second one. I So I just act like it doesn't even exist. But <laughs> And then just the development of his character into Thor Ragnarok. And I've just, I mean, I'm a huge Thor fan. I feel like there's not enough of us out there. I know you're a fan, but. I I'm a fan. Oh, too. we like Thor. Oh yeah. That's that's the thing is like I'm a massive Thor fan and he's at least third on my list, if not maybe fourth. Mm-hmm. Like it's just he he's just so good. There's a there's a scene in Avengers Endgame where the story has, has gotten to a point where Thor is is I mean, you could diagnose him as clinically depressed, and there's things that happen within his life that just he he's still worthy. I, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense if you don't know what I'm talking about, but <laughs> my favorite character is is the OG Captain America, Steve Rogers. The amount of just heart that he has and how he becomes Captain America and he's worthy to become Captain America because who he is on the inside has nothing to do with who he is on the outside. What I'm getting at, Beth, and the reason I went around the horn and asking everybody who their favorite character is, is even for you with Star Wars, Ray is more to you than who that character is within that that film or within those mm-hmm. films. The the Marvel Cinematic Universe when it comes to how they build out a character's profile and how there is a character literally for anybody under the sun mm-hmm. and that emotional the connection that you can make 
and the debates that you can have because you are talking to somebody who has an emotional connection with somebody you absolutely do not understand whatsoever is a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. But we don't love the MCU because stuff blows up. We don't love the MCU because somebody showed up in somebody else's film and told a joke. We love the MCU because it is a microcosm of our lives and the emotions that we go through told in a superficial manner and superheroes that go through everyday challenges that we go through on a daily basis. And we can connect with that emotionally in a way that we simply cannot connect with anything else that is out there. And that is why, at least for myself, I, I love the MCU. And even though Star Wars is my number one fandom, the MCU will always be the thing I love talking about the most because it's set in our quote unquote real world even though it's absolutely not in our real world. But there's an emotional connection that comes with this type of storytelling that I would recommend it to everybody that if they even want to try, I guarantee there's something in it for everybody. Now, when I was a kid, I was a huge Star Wars fan. Love Star Wars. The MCU has replaced Star Wars for me. I really relate to the MCU. And that's why we'll be getting a divorce next week. <laughs> there, I, 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 I'm but kidding. When it, comes to it, when it comes to emotions, like, had the MCU come out when I was my son's age, I don't think there's any possible way that I would like Star Wars more than I do the MCU. But with mm -hmm. when I grew up, Greg, you talked about Infinity War and the villain wins. And, I mean, that's what, that's what The Empire Strikes Back that's was. The Empire Strikes it's, Back. The Empire Strikes Back is my favorite film of all time, and it always will be. Everything that happens with the character of Darth Vader. We love the Star Wars saga because of who Darth Vader is and who he becomes. And we see him go through everything from Anakin to Darth Vader back to Anakin. It speaks to us. And the MCU speaks to us in, in just a completely different way. And if you want to find something, you're going to find something. You're also going to come across characters that you do not like. You mm -hmm. just don't like them. And it makes it, it, makes it for more fun. But my the first movie my son went to in the theater was Captain America Civil War. And when Ant-Man becomes Giant Man and he's 35 feet tall and he rips a wing off of an airplane to hit Spider-Man with it. And my son just raises his arms above his head because he can't keep in that emotion was just the coolest thing and something that I'll never, ever to be replaced, be able to replace in my entire life. The connections that we can make with other people. Based around a silly film franchise, I know Anthony, I know Maya, I know Ryan, I know all these people that have been on Earth's Mightiest Weirdos because of the MCU and our mm -hmm. combined passion for it. And I, I just, I love it. And I'm very excited for you that you get to come back on. And we will circle back sometime this summer mm -hmm. after you've caught up because <laughs> I want to know, I want to know that the, the journey that all you've been on. Okay. I don't, think, I don't think anybody could say that better than you just did, Brian. Mm -mm. Like, I, I don't think anybody could put it succinctly like you just did. That is so well said. And I wrote it for him. And that <laughs> well, is why job, Anthony is here. Not only does he have a ton of knowledge of Marvel, but he's a great writer for you, Brian. So I hope mm -hmm. you are giving him some money. Um, yeah. Look uh, again. At, uh, we have that connection. I have my. Con I have that connection with uh, Holly's family and with my kids of seeing it every year for 20 years. Whether it was on Thanksgiving, whether it was on Christmas, whether it came out in July or Memorial Day weekend, we've always been able to have that connection. And I knew yearly that we would be able to have that connection. What's great now is is 
watching my wife and my daughter who's 15 be able to watch that together. Holly and I fought for years, yeah. 14 I years. <laughs> I was just like, you need to watch these Marvel movies. You need to watch these. And she would basically, no, she would absolutely, I hate Marvel. I'm not going to watch. I mean, adamantly was against it. And then, even though I love Loki, I want more Loki in my life all the time. Yeah. I still would not go back and watch Thor. <laughs> I'm glad I have now. But so it was it's nice to to watch it through a 15 year old's eyes and watch my wife and her connect over Marvel. And then I can sit back as like I can be the dad in the family and just go, what are you guys doing? Oh, we're talking Marvel. Let's talk Marvel. And all of a sudden, this like 10 year old me comes flying out and I love it. I just I, I, I hope I can find that passion again for it, because right wow. now my passion is in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> well, May 25th, I think that passion is going to pay off. But until then, oh. We will have Oscar Isaac, Star Wars Connection. We have Poe Dameron making his way into the MCU yeah, Moon Knight. on March 30th. Moon Knight is going to be a blast. We will be your home for Moon Knight Breakdown every Monday. Greg, you talk about getting to do it that once a year, that couple times a year. and We get to do it every week now on Earth's Mightiest Weirdos. And I, I, I'm so grateful for this show. I'm so grateful for everybody around this show and the Diz Life community. Beth, thank you so much for your question. Is there any other last-minute no. questions that maybe popped into your mind? No, no. Thank you so much for having me and answering my questions. And I can't wait to get started and circle back with everybody. Beth, if you yep. need help, I'm relatively new. I'll help you. <laughs> Thank you, Holly. I had a lot on my brain that I know I didn't put in in perfect order throughout the night, but uh, I'm glad I'm glad we were able to do this. Anthony, thank you so much for joining us. Greg and Holly, what is happening at the Disney Fanatics and anywhere we need to tune in? Oh, what is going on there? It's just so it's much. Been, it's been very busy the last few weeks and we're very blessed and lucky. Uh, we got to meet you. We got to hang out with you. We got to hang out with the rest of the Diz Life crew down here for the last few weeks. Now that everybody's kind of gone home, it's uh, you, me, and Alicia are down here now. So, hey, Alicia. Uh, <laughs> uh, Disney Fanatics, I will be appearing here. on uh, We Like Theme Parks tomorrow night. Um, I will be on, what am I doing Wednesday? Oh, Thursday, we have the Chip and Company. We'll be doing, uh, I host uh, Disney News and Review on Thursday nights on the Chip and Company YouTube. That's uh, all. And then Wednesday, we have our pirate adventure over at- The finale. The finale over at Magic Kingdom on the Disney Fanatics. Okay. I might have to make my way to the Magic Kingdom on Wednesday. Oh, come on out. Oh, be a come pirate. Back. Greg has his own pirate shirt. He's going to talk like a pirate again. I, I do, have a costume. I do the worst dad pirate jokes ever. And they're all PG or G, but they are the worst, worst dad, dad jokes. jokes. Can we have a preview of one of them? I love Come that. On, off the top of your head. Off the top of my head. To air is human, but to R is pirate. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Beth, or is there anything you need to plug other than the Diz Life community? No. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. And it may not make any sense to Beth, but I'm still going to say it anyway for the children. <laughs>